You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Uh, it's great to have you with us today. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary, and we have a special day. So I want to kind of explain what we're going to do today. It's a little different. If you're, this is your first time here, just know this isn't what a normal Sunday, but we'll be close. Um, so what we're going to be doing, it's our Vision Sunday, so we're going to be sharing some different interviews. I'm going to be uh, talking to some of our leaders here at Calvary and getting to hear some awesome things that have taken place in 2023 and what we're looking forward to in 2024. And uh, you get to hear from the whole team. So I'm super excited about that. And for you to get to hear just the awesome people that lead here at Calvary and what we get to do. Uh, maybe you don't see it happens behind the scenes and uh, kind of where we're going, and then we're gonna culminate uh, at the end just sharing a little bit from God's word. So that's kind of where we're going. That's where it's gonna look a little different than uh, it might normally, but I'm super excited for you to get to hear uh, just some of our awesome leaders and staff here at Calvary. So to kick things off, I'm gonna invite Pastor Michael. Come on up, and Pastor Michael's gonna be sharing. Come on up. He's our connections pastor, and he's going to be uh, just sharing a little bit from uh, his area. So, uh, Pastor Michael, first thing, kind of share with us a little bit of what teams do you work with here at Calvary? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, So, like Nick mentioned, I serve as our connections pastor, and connections pastor might be a unique term to you, or you've never heard of a connections pastor before. So, some of the areas of ministry that I oversee that I get the incredible honor and privilege to come alongside individuals and serve and care for and love. Uh, really start at 18, once you hit 18, uh, honestly, until, until death. Um, so areas that I oversee and lead are, if you're a first-time guest through our doors, you've probably connected with me of some sort through text, email. Uh, I, I oversee all of the first-time guest process. I oversee guest services. I oversee starting point, which is happening currently. I oversee all of our life groups, so all of our adult life groups. We also have kid life groups that has passed around, but our adult life groups, I oversee baptisms, discipleship, assimilation, and uh, my heart of what I do is pastoral care. So those are kind of the areas that I oversee and lead. Uh, if you kind of hit any one of those areas, um, you're going to see me. See you or someone that work, yeah, works with you. Correct. Uh, share with us a little bit from this past year. What are, what are some wins, some, some cool things that happened in this past year? Yeah, uh, I could honestly share almost an hour worth of wins. Uh, and I don't say that as uh, prideful, as selfish, of, as kind of self-centered. Uh, as Nick just mentioned, I have an incredible team that I can come alongside of and, and serve and do ministry with. And it's Colin Jones over guest services, Amber Stevenson, Kira Malmquist over Starting Point and Josh and Jess Zugai over Baptisms. They allow me to do things uh, that I get to do. And they are incredible. They are faithful. They're passionate about serving Calvary Church as a whole. If you call, if you call Calvary Church home, they love you deeply. They care for you deeply. And uh, this is why we exist. Yeah. And some of the wins uh, over this past year uh, really kind of have to stem or kind of are rooted in community. And we have a, a ministry here that we call Life Groups. And over this last year of, of 2023, I really felt a, a burden and just kind of like this deep longing to see people connected to a community of believers so that three things can happen. And the three things are this, that they will be deeply known by few, that they will learn to live in love like Jesus, and they will never walk alone. And over this past year, uh, we've had some incredible stories of moms getting connected to the Moms Life Group and walking through unique, difficult situations 
And the moms in the life group were, were professionals outside of the church in that area and able to come alongside of these moms and these families to serve, to care for, to give resources. And that doesn't happen without the ability to gather weekly or biweekly without life groups. And this past month, uh, give or take a, a couple weeks, we had a first-time guest. This is going to hit uh, a lot of areas, but we had a first-time guest fill out our digital connect card at connect.calroom.com. Shameless plug. Good plug. <laughs> uh, we had a first-time guest fill out one of our digital connect cards uh, through our website, and she watched the service, I, I believe, after the actual live service at 1030 to 11.45, uh, which speaks volumes to our production team, to our, our worship team, that people are engaging throughout the week uh, through our service, not just on Sunday morning during our normal time. So she filled out a connect card, and I went through my process of reaching out to her, uh, text her back and forth, and she shared where she was in life and, and kind of the, the difficulties where she was at in her faith and, and in life and all of those things. And, and she asked me if we had any life groups throughout the week that I would recommend to her. And she asked specifically for Tuesday nights. The only thing on Tuesday nights, again, shameless plug, men's wing night. I host men's wing night. Love to have you. Um, but uh, I, I encourage her to uh, get connected to Pastor Collins' life group called Digging Deeper. And she came, so she felt on Sunday. She came that Wednesday to a life group, went through the life group, uh, which digging deeper is just kind of beyond the message. And uh, that night at the end of the life group, she was prayed over. She hasn't been prayed over in a very long time, and she was prayed over at that life group, which is so unique. After that Wednesday, she came the following Sunday, she came the following Sunday, she came the following Sunday. She's now in starting point today, which is, speaks volumes to a lot of things that on Sunday morning you don't see. Uh, that we have incredible leaders and staff here that have a lot of time and investment into all of our processes, and they work. And those are just some practical, just kind of simple things, but there's been so many wins this past year that God has been doing throughout our church, throughout our community, and uh, I'm super excited to, to see what God is gonna do in 2024. Thank you for uh, all the work you and your team do to take care of the details behind the, process, behind the scenes, the process to make sure that all of us can feel loved and welcomed and like we belong here, so that means so much. What are you looking forward to this year? Yeah, so I was, uh, I've been processing that question the last couple of days, and if you know me uh, to any degree, uh, my heart is to love and care for people, and I would argue I have a heart of compassion and a heart of empathy, I try to, uh, I try to have that. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to in, in 2024 is, is all of the areas of ministry that I oversee and, uh, again, get the honor to, to serve alongside of, is that, yes, I want to see those grow and, and flourish. It's not, again, for our namesake or not for our church's namesake, but for the glory of God. But bigger picture is uh, I want you to look to your left and, and look to your right. We have people in our seats this morning that you might know or you might not know. Just a little fun fact, the last three months of our church, we've had 610 unique people check in through our doors on Sunday morning. That is remarkable, yeah. 610 unique people. So what I'm looking forward to in, in, in 2024 is, we have a tagline here at Calvary, is, is Calvary Church, a church that cares. And what I'm looking forward to in 2024 is that, yes, we will care outside the walls of this church, and I believe we do a phenomenal job at that. I believe that this is one of the most generous, engaging churches in our community, not just because I'm on staff, it's because it speaks for itself. But also wanna be a church that also cares for the people looking to your left, looking to your right. And again, 610 people, it's gonna be near impossible for us to care for 610 people. So what I wanna do in, in 2024 is I wanna create a pastoral care team uh, throughout our church where it's not just the pastoral staff caring for people. 
And there are people in this church that genuinely and deeply, deeply love people. My question to me that I'm processing is how can I help our entire church to do that? And what would that look like? So that's what I'm looking forward to is that, is that as a church that we adopt a heart after the Father. Thank you, Michael. That's so awesome. It's exciting to see how God is connecting new people and just the effort and the intention that takes place behind the scenes to make sure that we can remove all the hurdles to help someone get connected and feel loved and cared for here. So thank you for all that you do. And uh, at this time, we have another update. Pastor Ron, if you don't know Pastor Ron, is our next-gen pastor. He works with our kids. And he's not here because he's in the other building, our family center, where uh, kids meet. And if you don't know this, we have kids' services happening at the same time for every age group. There's four, five, five different kids' services that happen at the same time, all broken down into age groups. So he's over there working with them, so we asked him to put together a video just to kind of share an update, some fun things, and in Pastor Ron fashion, it's funny, it's different, and uh, you'll be like, what is he doing? But uh, this is gonna be an exciting update, all right? So here's a quick update from Pastor Ron on Calvary Kids. Hello, Calvary Church. Uh, hope you're having a good day. This past year was exciting because we got to do Ninja Warrior um, event at the church. That was fun. If you don't already know, the Calvary Kids Department as a whole, um, we support missionaries in Alaska, and we like to go down there over there to Alaska so we can fish, I mean, go on missions trips and serve the people for the kingdom of, of, of God. And this past year, our elementary director and myself went. One of my favorite moments uh, was when we were with the kids telling them about Jesus. Um, there was this one time we were playing football in the streets and uh, I told Mr. Daniel, Whatever happens, do not hurt me. Do not hit me hard. I don't like that. And this is what happened. Another positive thing in the last year was my opportunity to be a part of the preschool's fire drill. That was um, an exciting experience. It looked a lot like this. What's that? It's a fire alarm! Come on! Come on! Everything together! Come on! Come on! Come together! Looking ahead to the future, there's there's lots of things to be excited about other than um, fishing. Um, we have, yes, we have Easter egg hunt at the end of March. That's exciting. We're going to look for lots of eggs on the ground instead of fish in the water. At the end of uh, June, we're doing a vacation Bible school. That's good. Yes, vacation Bible school. Oh, one thing I am looking forward to is... Is, is, is revamping, redoing, uh, upping our worship experience in the Calvary Kids Department. 
that's good because it will help the kids really understand the heart of worship, but it will also give me the opportunity to work more closely with our worship pastor, Pastor Jason, who I think is excited about this opportunity. Isn't that right, Pastor Jason? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's happening. So I guess now we need to cue the, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and cue the Calvary Kids logo. So, that is Pastor Ron. And on that note, we have Pastor Jason. Pastor Jason is such a good sport. With there, there's a wig for more pastors that he has, but he picked He does. Uh, he's, he's done us all, and Batman. He has oh, too many characters. Um, he is Batman, that is true. Don't tell anyone that. It's supposed to be a secret. But um, today, we have Pastor Jason, our worship arts pastor with us, and uh, give it up. And as you already experienced this morning, we have this incredible uh, team that leads in worship every week, production. Uh, he also works in some other areas. So share with us a little bit of kind of what teams you work with. Uh, yeah, so obviously the worship team, which is our band here on Sunday mornings, as well as the production team. Um, and then uh, kind of behind the scenes with marketing and communications, um, all of that stuff with, you know, the videos and your uh, weekly update and the website and all of that stuff, um, which is a, a smaller team, just a few people that help out with with that. But yeah, all that kind of behind the behind the scenes stuff, stuff to let you all know what's going on. That's good. That's good. Share with us some of your favorite wins from this past year. Uh, yeah. So uh, this time last year, uh, we were starting to take stuff apart for the audio booth project back here. Um, and uh, obviously we finished, we did it, yay. yay. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a, a really, really good win. Um, and that, that's a really good win because it's like uh, a, a movement of where it's better to mix audio and hopefully it's something that just sets, sets things up better for the future. Um, for those of you who are here for a while, you also uh, can remember having to like step over the, the cables and everything, so we ran conduit that goes underneath. Um, and through the walls so that we don't have to worry about any of that. And in the future, you know, whatever happens, we can run cables. Uh, it was great to have uh, Lucas and Faith Fidazzo, the contractors, uh, for that. And they did a fantastic job. It was great to have them with us because they're part of Calvary and they put their heart into it. Uh, I think one, one night I remember Lucas and Faith were like had their kids in the nursery while they were painting and finishing, like cleaning up and painting the walls. So they really put their heart into it. Uh, they did a great job. And, uh, and then Jason Lafredo, Matt Whiteman, Josh Rudder helped in just running all the cable and everything. I think there was a Sunday when they came here in the dark and left in the dark and, like, didn't see sunlight because they just stayed here all day as we were, uh, uh, you know, running all the new cables and hooking everything up. So, yeah, they it's pretty awesome. Awesome helping with that uh, and everything. Um, we, you may have noticed our website looks, looks new. Uh, that was kind of... Uh, project that, that I, I, I kind of did behind the scenes. We did an update on our website because our old one just kind of ran into some limitations. And hopefully that helps just with our digital front door um, because, you know, people uh, it's just kind of a new thing now that people don't necessarily just walk into a church without looking online and checking things out. 
Um, so we want to try and make sure that that digital front door of what people are looking at through our live stream, through website, through social media, is like people get to have a, an idea of what our church is like, you know, so that they can look at it and say, hey, this is a safe place to come and bring my family and bring my kids. Um, and uh, we just continue to grow uh, youth worship. Um, it's been really awesome. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Rudder, who's running, um, he's our video director today. Um, he's been also uh, leading with worship. We kind of alternate on Sunday nights. And some other people, some other teenagers are involved. And I kind of, whenever I went into the year, I was, had talked to Rosemary about like, well, would, well, let's try to have worship like twice a month or something in the thing. But it's ended up being pretty much every Sunday. And then at Christmas, Ethan had a big idea to do his own Christmas thing, um, which was like, and I was like, Ethan, this is really cool, but I have no time to help you. And he just went and did it, and he made their own Christmas, like youth Christmas service and everything, uh, which was awesome. Um, and then, uh, obviously, you probably noticed, it was the first time we tried something new with the Christmas choir. We had the small choir with us, um, which was really fun. Um, and allowed for some more people to be involved with Christmas and involved in the worship team. Um, and that's, that's something that will be probably coming back again. That's awesome. There, so you guys may walk in on Sunday morning, watch on Sunday morning, and you get to see the worship team on the platform. But there's so much that Jason does behind the scenes that no one sees that uh, really makes all of this work. And from, uh, if you're a first time here, you probably saw his fingerprints uh, on your way here from the website to the live stream uh, to just the music and audio, and that makes a huge difference for everyone, uh, and uh, we're just so blessed by that. What, what are you looking forward to this year? Uh, yeah, this year, uh, like, we meant, like I said, we did the choir at Christmas, and everybody in the choir was like, hey, let's do that again. Um, oh, and speaking of which, Josh Rudder, who uh, came on with us um, as band director, uh, a little bit before the beginning of 2023, which has been awesome to have him with us. He was the guy who, uh, I had an idea, maybe we could try this choir thing, but I'm not the guy to lead the choir, but Josh had the experience with that, and he went with that and did an awesome job with that, and then he said, the choir was like, can we do that again at Easter? So we're looking to do that again at, at Easter, and I don't know, maybe we do it uh, uh, some more as well. Um, and then, you know, with youth, youth worship, just continuing to grow that as well as having, um, you know, uh, teenagers involved on Sunday morning as well, having that like crossover. Um, and then uh, we're going to have some worship nights coming up this year. Um, we're going to have our first one on Wednesday, May 1st. We're going to have a Wednesday night worship night here. Um, and it's also going to be a way to like kick off uh, the, the next semester of life groups that's going to happen. Um, that's the first one that we're looking at doing, and then we're going to have some more throughout the year. Um, the last year for kind of my team was kind of like more of a season of growth. We actually, we grew in numbers a lot. A lot of new people did a lot of new stuff. Um, so this year for me, like uh, in having worship nights, is like, okay, well, we grew in, uh, uh, we, we, we grew upward um, but it's, that's an opportunity, I think, to, to have roots. And, and even in our church, I think we've, we've grown a lot over the past couple years, um, you know, post-COVID. But I think, um, you know, in worship, I think is a, there's an opportunity to just grow in our roots together. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a verse that God kind of gave me last year that um, I think the Holy Spirit led me to personally. But then has just kind of stuck with me and I think is just something for our has been for our worship team and I think just our culture 
of worship, um, which, is, um, which is Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. It says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And that was a verse that God kind of gave me just saying like, hey, in this season, Jason, that's what I want you to do and lead other people to do, to be a a tree planted in the water. And so, um, you know, as far as just worship in, in our church, that's what I hope to be to be leaning into in 2024 that that um, that we would be trees planted in the water mm. that um, that and that so that we would be able to lead other people there because we need to be planted in order to say okay. to say to other people hey the water's right here the water's totally right here in Jesus Friday night we had a, um, just a night of prayer and worship for a lot of our leaders and Pastor Jason and Josh brother led us and man they just did such a phenomenal job it was so powerful and just appreciate your heart to uh to lead us in the to the throne room of god each week and uh just appreciate all you're doing and uh our, our next update um so we had connections and calvary kids calvary worship just phenomenal job uh pastor jason's wife jamie is the director of calvary preschool center you might not realize this we have a whole school uh during the week that is here uh, with uh, over 150 kids and uh, birth all the way through kindergarten and uh, some exciting things are happening there. She's doing a great job. And uh, so we have an update from Jamie. It won't be as crazy as Pastor Ron's. Um, so, you know, but it'll be equally She's awesome. a lot better looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's, that's good, that's good. So here's the update from, uh, from our Calvary Preschool Center Director, Jamie Weaver. My name is Jamie Weaver, and I'm the director of the Calvary Preschool Center. Over the last year, we've made some pretty significant changes to the program. When I started here in 2022, our preschool program was only half days, childcare was separate, and most of the students who needed full-time care were splitting their time between three or four different classrooms each day. There were a lot of transitions, and it seemed like we weren't meeting the needs of all the families. This year, we expanded our class schedule to include the option of full-day classes for all ages, allowing the teachers to fill the days with more curriculum and to eliminate most of the shifting from room to room. It's really important in early education to provide consistency and stability, so children have time to form bonds with their peers and their teachers. Giving them this chance to remain in the same classroom every day, all day, has helped our students to develop more skills, have focused learning time, as well as give more space for creativity and exploration through play. The other big change we made was to add our infant program. In the past, a child was only able to start receiving care when they turned one, and they couldn't enter our preschool program until they were two. A lot of the families with multiple children would have to find alternative care for their kids until they were older, and it seemed like we were missing out on a valuable opportunity. We launched the infant class over the summer and now have 12 babies, as well as 12 young toddlers in our one-year-old class. In order to provide a higher quality of care, we introduced the Frog Street curriculum for our youngest students. The curriculum that's been around Calvary for a long time didn't have any resources for such young children, so we found a curriculum that could offer methods for individualized, developmentally appropriate lessons to help every child grow at their own pace. Frog Street was created to revolve around the PA state standards for child development, so we are able to meet every baby's milestones. One other benefit we've seen from our infant class is that it allows families to keep children of different ages in the same school for a longer period of time. Something exciting about this year, 2024, is that Calvary Preschool Center is turning 50. 
Over the years, the school has gone through a number of changes, but still remains a place for students to look back on and remember the positive experiences they had. One of our newer assistant teachers this year, Micah, attended the preschool program when he was young. He was able to come full circle and pass on the joys of being at Calvary to the next generation. This year, we plan to continue updating the curriculum to include all of our preschool classes, and we will be working to update classroom furniture and equipment. Our hope is to make our school a welcoming and enjoyable place for young children to grow and learn, surrounded by the love of Jesus. If uh, you, you wouldn't have this chance because the building's locked during the week, but if you had the chance to just walk through the building on, uh, during the week, you get to see the amazing team that Jamie leads that just truly do what she just said, that surround these kids with the love of Jesus and, and not just the love of Jesus, but also teaching them uh, education where they're learning and growing and developing uh, just their educational skills. So we're so blessed with what God is doing there at Calvary Preschool Center. Next, I have uh, Rosemary Hook, our youth director. What's up? Hey. You heard from her earlier. Party pastor. Yeah. <laughs> That's my nickname around here. So, uh, Rosemary, share with us uh, some, some things that, well, first of all, share with us kind of what you do. Yeah, so I'm the youth director here at Calvary. I get to work with our totally incredibly awesome teenagers. So if you have a teenager in your house and they're driving you crazy, I will give you a break on Sunday nights from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. where they can hang out with me and make some new cool friends. Um, so yeah, we gather every Sunday night over in the large gathering room in our family center uh, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. There's a time of worship, um, there's a message, and then we have a whole lot of fun, right guys? Yeah. Yeah, one cool of stuff. them, woo! But yeah. Uh, share with us some wins from this past year. Yeah, so um, one major win just happened in December uh, between Christmas and New Year's. I got a closet. Yeah. Um, I know it doesn't sound like, right, right? I know it doesn't sound super exciting, but teenagers eat a lot of snacks and I need a place to store them. Um, so I had an awesome, awesome, awesome team of volunteers. Um, Kayla Kennedy and Mike Whiteman and Denny crushed it, building me chair racks. It was awesome. The Scalcos and I'm trying to think who else was there. Katie Baker. Um, they just like worked their butt offs, butts off and helped me clean out the closet, organize things, throw a lot away. I'm thankful for my husband who threw away a lot of very heavy chairs into the dumpster for me. Thanks. Um, right? I know. Go, Dave. Um, <laughs> that was basically, I'm like, very, you can do it. As he's like throwing strong. them all in the dumpster. I'm like, you go, guy. Dave's very, Dave's very strong. He is. Yes. Yeah, super muscular husband of mine over there. <laughs> but um, so that was something that was super exciting. Another thing was I do something um, in the summertime since I took over the youth group. I call it Summer Squad. And it is where I break the kids up into teams. We welcome the new seventh graders that are moving up into seventh grade that school year. Um, it's always weird entering a new program because you don't know who's going to come with you from your old program, who's not going to show up. You don't know if you're going to know anybody. And it can be awkward. Like, teenagers can be awkward. I don't know if you know that. But... So I try to like break up the awkwardness and I put them all on different teams with kids they don't know. I throw the new kids in there on teams and they all have a different color team and their goal throughout the entire summer is to earn points for their team. 
And then once all um, of those points are added up at the end of the year, the winning team gets to pick an activity to do. We'll go to the drive-in, all expenses paid. We'll go to Kennywood, all expenses paid. And this year, so we started it at our house. Again, my awesome husband allowed a bunch of teenagers take over our home. Um, the one main thing, though, sorry, I always have to call you out when I'm up here on things. But anyway, uh, like, we had a bunch of teenagers come into our house, and he decided to power wash the deck. I'm like, they don't care about the deck, right? Like, what? But that's what he did. But anyway, so we had a bunch of... T- Nick's like... But, um, so they all came to our house for a big pool party. They got their teams announced. And the amount of kids that continued to show up through the summertime, because summertime is a time where they, like, kind of fade out. You know, they're not going to school. They're off their schedules. But the amount of kids that continued to show up through the summertime, bring friends for extra points. The amount of those friends that stayed on then when we kicked it back into gear at the end of August was like incredible. When I first took over the youth group, I think I had like five consistent kids and we are now up to an average of 17, which is like, yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool. And it's just, it's so exciting to see God work through these teenagers because I feel like teenagers kind of get like, you know, like, ew, teenagers, they're so moody. But, like, I love it. Like, I love to walk alongside your teenagers through the stickiness of teenage life. Like, I am here for it. I'm here for the drama. I'm here for, like, the craziness. I'm here for it. Like, I have teenagers that call me in the middle of the night. My husband, again, can attest to this. I have left our home at, like, 11 p.m. multiple times because I got a call from a teenager. Like, they needed help. Or from their parent. Like, you know, we're hitting a wall, like, dramatic things are happening. I didn't know who to call. And I'm like, I'm so glad you called me. Like, I'm here for it. Like, I will leave my house, and I will go sit with your teenager for hours. I will talk to them. I will work with them. Like, I have a heart for teenagers. Mm. Life can totally suck. As adults, we know that. As teenagers, it's when the suck really starts to hit you, and you don't know what to do. And we don't want them, right? I mean, come on. Teenagers, like, being a teenager is hard, especially today. And I, like, want to be there with your teenager in their suck. Like, I want to help them through it. Because if not, they're going to turn to something totally different and totally not cool. And I want to know, like, I want them to know that God is there with them in their mess. And I love being alongside of them. So if you have a teenager and they haven't come yet to youth group, send them. Even if they don't want to come. Just one time. Just drop them off. I'll make them come inside. It'll be fine. They'll be fine. (laughs) There's snacks. Bribe them with the snacks. Teenagers love food. What's something you're looking forward to this year? Uh, So this year, there's a couple of exciting things. So as Pastor Jason said, our youth worship team, thanks Ethan, woo, and thanks Pastor Jason, woo. Um, Our youth worship team is killing it every Sunday night. We have worship every Sunday night, and I am excited to get more kids on that team and more kids involved, more kids in the tech booth. We are getting a new lighting computer, and I know that doesn't sound super exciting, but it is, and I'm excited about that. And hopefully, a new ceiling that doesn't uh, rain duct tape. Yes, we're working on that one. That'd be real, we real mint. On that one. That'd be real nice. This is small things. I'm tired of cleaning up damp duct tape. It's gross. That's good. Damp duct it's tape. It's always damp. I don't yes. know why. I'm like, there's a pile of damp duct tape on the floor. Why is it so moist? Rosemary, you never, you know, you never cease to amaze. It's so good. That's what I'm here so for. Good. I'm the party pastor, it's you so know? so good. We appreciate just all that you're doing, uh, loving the kids and leading them. I, I came here uh, 
a few years ago as a youth pastor, and it's awesome to see your heart and uh, having been in that same, a similar spot, uh, to see how you're investing in them, seeing them grow and flourish, not just numerically, but spiritually. So awesome job. Just appreciate you. Um, and uh, for those who are, are catalysts, we'll, we'll share a few other uh, things uh, after our service today. But um, God has been doing some awesome things uh, through all of our different teams. And we have a lot of different teams. And we're just blessed. And uh, kind of the goal of our Vision Sunday is to not just uh, say, this is where we're going. But let's take a moment because as, a, as, as people, we are really bad sometimes at looking back and celebrating. And this was just a, an opportunity, hopefully, for you to kind of get a snapshot of what's been taking place this last year. You may have known some of these things, but not all of these things. Um, but uh, before we move on, I'm gonna uh, just share just briefly some vision, kind of where we're going from God's word. Uh, this month, if you've been with us, we've been walking through a series called When the Church Prays and just sharing some stories of people's lives that have been impacted by prayer uh, in a lot of different ways, and hopefully that's been a blessing to you, but uh, it's been awesome to see how God works. And we have one final story we wanna share with you this morning of the power of prayer and what God can do in someone's life. So here's that update. Hi, I'm B. am a greeter here at Calvary. My husband is Scott. He's the tall one on the worship team. An interesting thing happened to me one day. I called off work once so that I could attempt suicide. Let me tell you how I got there and what happened next. I got a job at La Roche College in the fall of 2000, which for some of you was a long time ago. And after I'd been there a while, I started taking classes as well as working full time. I added on babysitting to my schedule as well as tutoring through the college with various students, writing for the school newspaper, co-founding the pre-law society, and being a spokesperson for the winning ethics bowl team were a few more things that I added on. I was also attending church regularly and keeping in touch with family and friends. I felt that although that was a busy schedule, that was what I could accomplish when I was not being lazy. Later, I found out the correct title was not a busy schedule, it was being manic. It turns out that my definition of being lazy could either be considered a normal pace with some self-care thrown in, or in other seasons of mine, severe depression Yes, I would eventually be diagnosed as bipolar, previously known as manic depression. I had always felt depression was too severe of a word to be used to describe my downtimes, but I was wrong. Only a few of you have known this side of my story up till now. I've had two suicide attempts, one in 2005, the other in 2008. I would say I have been in a healthy mind state since 2009, 2010. I know of the goodness of God. I personally know of his hand of protection and kindness, his grace. There is so much power in prayer, a lot of power. My parents constantly covered me in prayer. If they had not, I honestly don't think I'd be here today. There are times when we find it difficult to pray, and that's one reason that the body of the church exists, to have each other's backs in prayer. Pray for your friends and for your pastors. It's not a nicety. It's a necessity. I've had trouble establishing a constant prayer life in my schedule. A constant prayer life is worth fighting for though. We are to pray without ceasing. I know God does not waste pain and I've heard it said from one's deepest pain comes their greatest testimony. After my job at La Roche, I quit and I moved in with my parents who at that time were living in central Pennsylvania because I was just really tired 
I didn't know I was clinically depressed, only that I was too tired to get off the couch. And I slept there day after day, week after week, month after month, feeling guilty for not working. I kept going to the doctors and they couldn't find anything wrong. Well-meaning church friends told my mom, she just needs to get up and get moving. My mom, who has always had my back, told them, she's not lazy, she's sick. There is something wrong, we just don't know what it is yet. Eventually, I started to gain energy back and started walking to increase my stamina, at first one-eighth of a mile, finally up to six miles at a time. Later, I moved from my parents' house and in with some relatives in the Pittsburgh area. The spiral had begun again, though. After several trips to the doctors, I finally had some medicine from the doctor to help me hang in there until I could get an appointment with a psychiatrist. I still didn't know what was wrong, only that in about a month, I could probably get an appointment with a psychiatrist, and a month or so later from that, I could get pills that might work. One night, I said goodnight, took several handfuls of the new pills, and went to sleep. I woke up 12 hours later. I woke up thanks to God's goodness, protection, and mercy. If you feel like you're going through something, don't be afraid to see a Christian therapist. God has instilled great gifts in some of these men and women to help you through things. In my case, I have a psychiatrist because I need to take medication. I would take insulin if I were diabetic. With bipolar, I need to take medicine as well. Maybe your condition is similar to mine, or maybe you just need to vent out some frustration or some help with some anxiety. I did not want to speak out originally because I did not want to be viewed as untrustworthy or fragile. However, it is time to use my testimony of God's grace and protection to encourage others. God does not waste pain. In 1 Corinthians 12, God says, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Thank you so much for listening to my story and tuning in. Um, I hope Pastor Nick's story speaks to you where you are in life and gives you a new appreciation for the power of prayer. If, you, uh, if you've been with us this past uh, month, we've been hearing stories each week, and I just want to say I'm so proud of each person for sharing very vulnerable, uh, difficult things that really were, but also, more importantly, what God has done. And uh, B and Faith and Chad and Sarah, who did I? Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for uh, sharing their stories, uh, for just getting to see the, the journey you've been on. I think it's such a snapshot of what God is doing uh, in so many lives. And uh, before we kind of wrap up today, I wanna just share something real briefly uh, from God's word about where we're going. We've talked about where we've been and where, what, what this last year has held and man, the amazing things God has done, but uh, that's not where we stop. Uh, in church world, as a pastor and a pastor's kid growing up in the church, we are really good sometimes at looking back and celebrating the past, we forget about where we're going, that we're going somewhere. Um, a, a solid 50 days uh, after uh, this remarkable, difficult, painful moment, uh, this group of followers of Jesus found themselves uh, walking through a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, it was 50 days earlier that their rabbi, many of them, uh, they had followed for three years, this man they knew was God in the flesh would tragically be sentenced to Roman execution. They would watch from a distance this man they had put such faith in and so much hope in. They watched him die in excruciating public death outside the city limits of Jerusalem. 
It was the lowest of lows for many of them, than many of them had ever even felt. Their hopes, their excitement, their faith had all just been painfully trampled right in front of them. But then just a few days later, something they never saw coming happened. This, this man they had watched struggle just to take a breath while helplessly hanging upon a cross a few days earlier now was standing in front of them. Of all the supernatural, miraculous things they had watched this man do in the previous three years, this by far topped them all. They had just walked through the most disappointing three days of their lives, now to find themselves at the pinnacle of their emotions. This Jesus that had been horribly executed was now alive. He had literally be overcome sin, death, and the grave. It was a remarkable moment for each and every one of them. Then for 40 days, he was with them again, talking and teaching, just being with them. It was such a rich, meaningful time for each of these men and women. And as they were basking in the glory of this man that made some massive claims about being God and actually backed them up, uh, a man had, they'd watched countless times teach with incredible wisdom and insight. They, they, they found themselves standing now on the top of Mount, the Mount of Olives outside the city limits of Jerusalem, staring up at the sky as Jesus ascended up to heaven. He would ascend after making this promise to send the Holy Spirit to empower them to take the message he had shared with them to the ends of the earth. This was a very different kind of feeling for them. It was a feeling of nervousness and apprehension and, and uncertainty. Jesus wasn't physically with them anymore, but he wanted them to continue what he had started. How in the world could they do it? Did they have what it takes? What if the Romans tried to do to them what they had done to Jesus? Was any of this even possible? So they did what he had told them to do. They go to Jerusalem to wait for this promised Holy Spirit. A group numbering about 120 people would gather in an upstairs room and they'd begin to simply pray. After all, what else, what else could they do, really? They, they didn't know if they were waiting for the imminent arrival of the Romans and consequently jail or, or worse, or, or, or if this Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised would actually arrive. What, what they did know, one important thing Jesus taught each of them was the incredible power of prayer. So they prayed. They prayed like their lives depended on it. For days, they stayed in an upstairs room, seeking God together, waiting for this Holy Spirit that Jesus had told them about. The result would be far more impacting than any of them could have ever imagined. The Holy Spirit would, in fact, fall upon them. And although uh, Jesus would have taught and ministered to thousands and thousands of people during his earthly ministry, only 120 now remained, but those 120 would experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit would move. These disciples would be given a supernatural prayer language and even more importantly, would be empowered in this moment to launch one of the most explosive movements in human history. This fledgling group of people who had walked through such a wide spectrum of emotions in a matter of a month and a half, a group that, that were huddled together in fear and apprehension of what the future might hold as a result of these prayers and the power of the Holy Spirit, they would do the unthinkable. The book of Acts records the remarkable things these men and women did in church history tells us from this moment, the message of Jesus would be propelled to literally all corners of the earth. 
from India to Egypt, from Iran to Great Britain, people who had never met Jesus in person would experience the power and ministry of Jesus firsthand through these unlikely people, this unlikely group of believers. It wasn't the people you would have necessarily handpicked for such an important mission. After all, if this group hadn't continued the work of Jesus and taken it beyond the borders of Israel that Jesus had held to, we probably would not be sitting here today. The church would have never left its Jewish roots and become the force in our world that it has become over the last 2,000 years. And I share this all with you today on this Vision Sunday, not to convey the incredible power and necessity of prayer in each of our lives and in, in our church, not just to do that, but to also help you see the same practice that launched this thing that we know today as the church into the stratospheres, the same thing that will propel us forward. We have some big dreams, some big hopes and vision for our church. Our, our vision isn't to just be about being big, but that we could make a big impact in this world. I'll be sharing more of the details uh, of this in our Catalyst meeting after service today, but, but, but here's just a snapshot. Over the next five years, we hope to see our Calvary Cares campaign give over $300,000 away. This past year, we gave over $208,000. To, to give over $300,000 away, uh, we hope to see our Calvary Cares projects reach $150,000. This last year was $75,000. We had over $110,000 given towards those projects. Could you imagine $150,000 in projects? That'd be amazing. We, we dream of being a church that in the next five years, we gather 500 people consistently every Sunday. We are dreaming of adding to our school first grade. Uh, uh, on top of that, adding a second campus, a second location for Calvary Church somewhere in Westmoreland County. We hope practically to pay our mortgage, which started in 2018 at over $700,000. We're hoping to pay that down by, by in the next five years to below $350,000 hit below the halfway mark. We aren't okay to just settle for business as usual, having church and going through the motions. But can I tell you guys, we're here to change the world. If you're just looking for a religious thing and to check something, you're in the wrong place. We are here to change the world. Church, we desperately, desperately need God. See, simple ambition, our hopes and our vision won't get us there. But we need God. We can't make it through today without him, let alone the next five years. This is the desperation that drove the early church to their knees, and it's the same thing that will launch us forward as a church. You see, when the church prays, when we get on our knees, the world will never be the same again. And if there's one thing I hope to see in our community across this county. It's a world that is never the same again because of what God does through his church. Because here's the deal, this church, this church is a church that starts by seeking God through his word, through his spirit. This church is a church that gets the importance of relationships and, and that we will grow best in the context of those relationships. This, this church, the church is a church that, that understands how crucial it is that we collectively move forward together in teams. This is a church that isn't stingy. We don't hoard what we have. We generously invest what we've been given. 
to impact the world. This church is a church that unashamedly will work, scrap, and serve our way toward engaging our local and global community. Why? Because we're here to change it, to transform our world. We aren't here, we aren't here to do little things. We are here to change the world. And just as was true in the first century, that transformation will never happen. It's just a dream and a wish unless the church is willing to pray. And until we're willing to pray, nothing can happen. And, And here's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is, many of you have been taking this last 21 days to spend five minutes in prayer. Man, what an incredible rhythm that is. Don't stop. Throughout this year, push yourself. What would it look like to pray for 10 minutes every day? Give God 10 minutes. You give a lot of different things more time than that. Give God 10 minutes. Pray for our community. Pray for your workplace. Pray, pray for the school your kids go to. Pray for our church. Pray for our leaders in our, in our world. We're, we're walking, if you don't know this, we're walking into a presidential uh, election year. Pray for the leaders of our nation. Pray for the leaders in our community. Pray for the leaders of our church. What could happen if the church prays? If you stand this morning, we wanna close with a song we sang earlier. What can happen if the church prays? We just saw it. The book of Acts gives us the picture of what could happen and what did happen when people were willing to seek God, when people were willing to say, Holy Spirit, fill us, empower us, and let's see what happens next. And can I tell you something? The same God that we read about in the Bible is the same God that's here today, the same God that has called us and set us apart for such a time as this, that has given us a vision not to just settle and celebrate the past, but to say, let's change the world. Let's flip this world on its head and let's see what God can do. Because when God's people are empowered with his spirit, nothing, nothing can stop us. Before we go today, I wanna sing this song one more time just as a declaration, as a reminder. We, we aren't a church that's just doing new things. We're, we're a church that's pursuing the ancient mission of Jesus. We are here to seek and to save that which is lost, to transform that which is broken, to a place where healing and wholeness can take place. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you that we don't serve a, a God that is distant or far from us, but Lord, we serve a God that is here to pursue us that we can pursue and see our world changed and transformed. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness, your goodness, and that you are still at work. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.